Hi, this is Michael Bloodgood, and you're listening to Wild Man and Steve. You are about to listen to the intersection of faith, talk, and music. The Wild Man and Steve show starts right now. And now, the exciting conclusion of The Wild Man and Steve Show with John Elefante. The music industry, just curious about that secular, you've been involved in the secular music industry, the Christian music industry. Um, we've had artists on, most of, most of the people that we interview are from the classic Christian rock vein. And so I'm just curious of what your answer is to this, as we've asked several artists this. Um, what is where do you see the Christian music industry heading now? Boy, uh, I'm not as involved in. I mean, I'm you know I'm involved in Christian music, of course, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Christian music industry, I'm not that involved with anymore. I think it's severely shrunk. It seems to have the only stuff. My wife listens to uh, a Christian station in her car when I'm in her car. She listens to the Message on XM, mm. and I love a lot of those songs, man. They're ju- they're just anointed. But it seems like it's all stuff that you hear Sunday morning in church. You know, you don't, maybe I need to find a new Christian station where it's a little more upbeat and a little more edgy, you know, a little more disciple, a little more, uh, you know, a little more bride, some stuff like that. But Mm. it seems like the most popular stuff now are things that, you know, you sing in church on Sunday morning before the sermon. I got disillusioned with the Christian music business. Uh, I thought it was very cutthroat. I mean, it's a business, man. Yeah. People are competing against one another, even though we're all, we all have the same goal to exalt Christ. It didn't seem like that was always the the case. And and I was naive enough to think it was. Mm -hmm. When I found out it wasn't, it was, it was kind of, yeah, it was kind of disappointed. Yeah. And I would, I would just echo that I believe that that is probably the case in many areas, not just in music, but as a minister, I saw that as well, you know, getting into ministry, you know, you're naive and you're thinking that, well, you know, everybody's going to be acting Christian, being Christian, being whatever, and then it doesn't take you long to realize that not everybody is. Um, but, but, you know, Steve and I have followed and we've seen a lot of the controversy that 
has been around the Christian music scene um, because we come out of the 80s, of course, where it seemed like, you know, the arena rock era, the Petra era, the Striper era, all of that. Um, it's not the same. And that that's where that's why I was asking that question, because it just seems like it's a different going a different direction now. It, yeah, it, it, it definitely is. Um, the internal workings of a, of a Christian record company, I, I, I wouldn't have a clue what's going on now. I, I only of, hope is, is in bad a condition of this world is that I only hope the common goal is to exalt Christ because man, without that, we're sunk. Yeah. Well, I, absolutely. But you know, I, I think, you know, you think back to the early days, right. And I'm talking about the, the acts two days where, uh, you know, it was a small group and, and slowly spread throughout the, you know, the Mediterranean world. And then of course the, the entire world. And I think about the, the stuff with technology, like we were talking about earlier with you in, in the recording, one of the things that the modern age has allowed is even if your local K-Love is not playing the kind of music that you want to hear, uh, maybe with some of that real heart, real soul, it, it is out there and it's easier to find because of the internet, whether it's YouTube, Tidal, yeah. Spotify, whatever. And, um, you know, I've been listening to uh, an incredible album lately, um, released as a compilation album. It's called Metal for Jesus. And mm -hmm. uh, it's done by Christian Lilligren from, from Narnia and um, uh, Johannes Janssen, who's a part of the, the Metal Bible Project. And these guys put together a bunch of pulled together a bunch of bands and, and did a compilation album. It's extraordinary. You're not going to hear that on the radio anywhere. No, uh, but it is out there, and so I do think technology has uh, has helped in that regard. Wild man, I've got to ask a quick question though, and I should have done some more research here, and I apologize before we had our guest on. Wasn't um, John here involved in some band that had a, a state name? Was it George Thurgood and the Delaware Destroyers, uh, Alabama, the New York Dolls? It was some state name band. What what, what was that? Uh, New Mexico? New Mexico. It was a band, New Mexico. That's what it was. Yeah. So we, I, I've got it. We've got to ask you about Kansas because we have got a couple of, they're not fans. They are supporters of Wildman and Steve. Um, uh, Mark and, uh, Paul, and, uh, we've, in fact, Mark, uh, Mark is Mark Middleberg, who's an apologist and evangelist. And oh, yeah, I've spoken to Mark. Yeah, he's a good guy. We've had him on the show. And, uh, Paul Bradakis is, a, is another uh, brother in Christ who is a, a huge music fan and is, is a big, big supporter of, of the show. So before we do anything else, can you just give a quick shout out to Mark and Paul? We just want to do that to bless those guys. Give them a shout out because they are the biggest Kansas fans I have ever met in my life. Hey, I'd be glad to. Mark and Paul, I love you guys, man. I see a lot of your posts on Facebook. They're always uplifting and positive. And, man, those guys are the real deal.
I can't believe I'm so stupid. What are you talking about? Man, 32 years ago, 32 years ago, I had a cassette collection that would blow the doors off anyone else. Really? Yeah, man, I had a big cardboard box full of cassettes. You name it, it was there. I'm talking about anything from Phil Kagi to Petra to Holy Soldier to Res Band to Bride to Tamplin to Leviticus, White Cross, Baron Cross, Neon Cross, you name it, it was there. Wow, I'd love to see that sometime. Well, that's just the thing. I'm just plain stupid. Why? What are you talking about? I don't have them anymore. I, I, I'm sorry. What? I let them go. Some I gave away. Others over the years of multiple moves. I just lost track. <laughs> well, we live and we learn. Well, that's just it. How can I learn from something like that? How could I possibly begin to rebuild my collection? Girder. I mean, what would really be great would be to rebuild my collection with CDs. I mean, streaming is great and all, but there's something about- a Girder. You know what would be great? If there was a company where I could go, who could have all those, those cassettes that I used to have in CDs, instead of spending hours searching, I could just go to one company, one-stop shop. I'm sorry, what? Girder. Girder is just the place to rebuild your collection. They have it all. Petra, Resband, Bride, the list just goes on and on. Go to girdermusic.com today and relive those moments of great music you used to love. Wow, girdermusic.com, you're right. I'm looking at it right now. I can't believe this. I can, I can rebuild my whole collection with CDs and even vinyl. So hey, I guess this means I'm not stupid after all. Um, the jury's still out on that one. Neither, neither Wildman nor I are in Kansas anymore, so <laughs> you've got to talk to us about Kansas. Well, um, I don't know where to start. It, well, I, I will say that when I got the opportunity to join the band, it was, uh, what's, what's, what's that old saying when the guy stepped onto the moon? One giant step for man, uh, mm. one giant oh, leap for yeah. mankind. Yeah. Well, that was, that was, it wasn't just a step for me. It was a giant leap. You know, that the time that I spent being in Kansas shaped my life. I mean, musically forever. I mean, open doors galore. Uh, it opened doors to people that I, you know, got the pleasure of working with. Um, it was a big door opener. It was gigantic. And, and you got to remember this. This is if I could have chose any band in the world that I wanted to join, that would have been the band. Mm. Wow. You know, and, and, and look what God does. He puts me right in the middle of the band. And I can honestly say that with the, you know, other than the absence of Steve Walsh, I was with all the original guys, mm. Robbie, Carrie, Phil Ehart, Rich Williams, uh, Dave Hope, all the original guys from Kansas I got to be on stage with and I got to you know, do a few, three tours with. And it was awesome. Mm. I mean, just that kind of 
that kind of sound coming off a stage is a mind blower, man. <laughs> Just mm. a mind blower. And you know, every night we do a show, I would, you know, you know, go into one of my favorite songs. I, I used to love to sing No One Together. Kind of carry wrote that. It was a rush, and it's too bad it had to end. But you know, but it was God's will for it to, you know, last about as long as it did. Yeah. yeah. You know, because I got to go on to do other things that were, you know, pretty important in in, in the scheme of things for the Lord. Yeah. And um, like for instance, Violent Confessions. It's I had dinner with Philly Hart, the drummer. Oh, this was, it's just about going back about seven or eight years now. And, you know, I, I've always wanted to tell Phil, I mean, as I, as I got older and more mature, I had always wanted to tell Phil, look, Vinyl Confessions, I sang on two records and then the best of, um, I said, Vinyl Confessions was probably not the best record Kansas ever made, but in my opinion, the most important record they ever made, hmm. because mm. it was the first time people got to hear a lyric that said, till you face the one who rose. They had never written anything like that. And man, did, you know, I mean, Christians were just enamored by that. Hmm. You know, it was a very important record to the kingdom because it had so much, it's so much great message in it. And um, I felt really, maybe that's why God chose me to be on that record. Mm. Uh, and I, like I said, it wasn't the best record Kansas ever made, but it was sure an important one. To the one who's holding fast, it's a promise that will last. You know, that's that's interesting you bring that up because we have, you know, from following Christian artists, we have quite a few Christian artists that um, were secular for a while and then they get then they have a, uh, a conversion experience and then they start doing Christian music. But what I'm hearing from you is and I'm pretty sure you were a believer during that time. Is that right? Yes, I was. Yeah. So that's something I think our listeners should hear um, is that, you know, that it wasn't the idea that. Um, or even you put your Christianity on a, sh on a shelf for a while. You were still a believer and God was using you in that secular vein where you were, um, which I think is an incredible testimony. Well, I'll, I'll tell you something else. Uh, Carrie and Dave and Phil, who, the, as I knew, the believers in the band, they didn't know I was a Christian when, when they put me in the band. Hmm. Oh, wow. Because they did not make it a criteria that we're going to go out and find a Christian singer. That was not a criteria whatsoever. The record company and the management wouldn't hear of it. So they kept it real neutral. And when I told Carrie on the phone after I got back from a bunch of rehearsals in Atlanta, 
I said, you know, I said, Carrie, you, do you know I'm a believer? And he went silent on the phone. I think he started crying. <laughs> he said that we prayed for that so hard. I just can't believe you're telling me this. And, you know, and Carrie and I are still great friends to this day, you know. coming here i mean you just you just gave me the eyeball sweats i mean <laughs> to hear to hear that that carrie was saying you know we were praying for that yes and for god to have brought that uh i think whether it's a band quite honestly a church uh a christian school uh any other organization pray You've got a you've got an employee spot, right? You've you've got something in your organization you need to fill. Great. Don't just go out headhunting. Pray about that. Who's the person that God wants in that spot? Who's God going to bring into that organization? And and to be praying for that person to be a person of, of strong relationship with Christ, in addition to whatever competency they need to bring to the organization, if it's you know, bookkeeping because you need a bookkeeper in your business or somebody with musical chops. Absolutely. We tend to focus solely on the competencies, but for the, for that faith aspect as well, pray for that. What you think God's not going to honor that? Um, of course he is. <laughs> of course he is. And you know, not only for that, for that group, but in your case also, he gifted you. He's the one who gave you the gifts. So, of course, he wants to see his son go out and use those gifts for him. So, oh, I love that story. I love I, it. Well, thank you. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's, I was definitely used and, and, and loving it. You know, before I joined Kansas, when I was about 18, I started losing my high range. I didn't have COVID then. <laughs> but um, I started losing my high range. I, I, I hit that A natural again. I, it just stopped right there. So, I decided to just stop singing. And go out and get a vocal teacher, a vocal teacher, and I would take two lessons from him a week, and then I would come home with my little cassette tape and rehearse my lesson five, six, seven days a week, twice a day. Wow! And he said, "I'm going to re- I'm going to teach you how to rebuild your high range, and I'm going to teach you how to do it so it doesn't hurt you when you sing that way." Mm. The reason, I'm, the reason I'm, I'm telling you guys this is because so two years before I joined Kansas, two and a half, three years, whatever, I there's no way. I would have been able to sing. You know how high that stuff is. I mean, Steve Wallace has a high voice, man. And lo and behold, I get six, seven notes on my range. Now, you tell me that was a coincidence. I needed it to pull off that gig. Wow. And 
I think it's it's kind of still the highlight of what I still do is you know having a having a high range that I could still sing with you know even at my age because a lot of guys their voices start to diminish because they're singing wrong and they're beating up their voices. It's like they're taking a hammer and just hitting it every you know every night for mm-hmm. two hours. I want to ask, I want to stay on that for a moment, just kind of from a technical um, side. And and we've asked this of a few other vocalists we've had uh, and different people have different uh, thoughts on this. What would your advice be to someone who's starting out as a singer in terms of vocal coaching? Is that something you would say? Eh, Not necessarily, but if your voice gets in some trouble, then absolutely go, (laughs) go that route. Or would you say, you know what, you need to start off with that right away. So did you learn how to do it properly? I would say, I would say just go out and get yourself a vocal tuner and forget about it. No, okay. I'm, just I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would say I would definitely recommend that, that they get some training. And this is why. Not so much to become a better singer, but when you're out there on the road and you're having to get up for early flights and you're doing five nights a week, four nights or whatever, you, know, you're, you need sustenance. You've got to be able to sing night after night. And that's where the training really comes in handy. Because if you're singing correctly, you're not going to hurt yourself. Yeah, you're going to be fatigued at the end of five nights. But you're not going to hurt yourself. You're not Mm going to wake up totally hoarse where you can barely talk, you know, because you've been beating up your voice. So from that, in that respect, yes, I would definitely recommend some training. Back to the new album, ladies and gentlemen, it's johnelefonte.com. You will find the amazing grace there. And of course, it's on all streaming platforms as well. Um, what is it or what was your purpose? You talked about that at the beginning, but what would you, what, let me put it this way. What gap do you think that that album fills in our culture mm. today? Mm, boy. I'd have to place a lot of importance on the record to answer that question. Which I don't, <laughs> which well, I don't it, it do. is I, important. It's I think it's a hugely important album. 
Well, I, I, in certain people's lives, yeah. Not in everybody's. I mean, I, at my age, I'm not going to sell 10 million records. Um, but I think in some people's lives, when they hear a song like Stronger, you know, I can move mountains. Um, you know, I'm, I'm stronger now because, you know, I got on my feet and said, hey, I'm going to fight this demon and I'm going to get stronger. And what I was referring to in that song at the time was, you know, we wanted to, we wanted to put out a positive message and not a negative message in the middle of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. We did not want to just dwell on the negative and, you know, we're all going to die and, you know, you know it's whatever. But, um, but to answer your question, um, I think it'll fill that gap in certain people's lives. They'll hook onto a song. That's one, one line. You know, if I could build the time machine, what would I do to change me? You know, that's um, I happen to like that line. I think it's pretty cool because it's it's pretty honest. You know, if I can go back and change anything, what would I change? Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a lot of people that, that would answer that by saying, I wish I would have accepted Christ sooner in my life. Um, but anyway, you know, it's that's a hard question, honestly. Sure. Where, where would you put the, the album uh, musically? If you know, if, if this is back in the day when we still had record stores, and fortunately there are uh, some record stores still around, and and here's the the clerk's like, oh, I got this new album in. You know, where are we going to shelve this thing? Uh, we're not going to stick it over here in jazz. We're not going to stick it in country. Uh, would you say it's prog? No, I wouldn't say it's no. Okay, where where would you where would you classify it? Well, if there's a classic rock section. Okay. Mm-hmm. Classic rock, melodic rock. I, I, mm-hmm. uh, it'd be somewhere in that section if it exists. Um, I, again, as we were talking before, and I was referencing the, 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 the richness of the sound, both, both the recording and how clean and sharp it is, but also just the, the lush layering of, of instruments along with the vocal. What I think is so neat I think it has a, a wider reach because like you were saying, you know, you might have a singer who's singing something and doesn't maybe even realize it's the Christian lyric. I think you could have people listening to this album and simply digging on it because of the sound. The music is so you can just get lost in it. Uh, several of the songs, I, I couldn't believe the song was over uh, because I just gotten lost in it. And so I think you could have some people who'd really enjoy it just musically. And then as they're, basking in that those lyrics start to resonate and i go oh oh yeah you know and start to think about it it comes in a little under the radar that way uh so i think you definitely are going to see that people have that kind of reaction you know i I found that men men hook onto the music right away women and and, and i say this because i know how my wife is she goes right for the lyric Mm. That's why she doesn't want to hear any of my stuff. The way I write it is I'll write, I'll write a song. I'll put a dummy melody on it with all kinds of gibberish lyrics. And she never wants to hear it like that. She goes, I don't know what you're saying. I don't want to hear it. I want to wait till you put a lyric on it. <laughs> Interesting. But uh, I try to take people on a journey musically when I write a song. Hmm. That's why there's a lot of unexpected things that happen. And, you know, and I try to make it interesting and, you know, I mean, that's just that's just um, the way I'm the way I'm wired as as a, as a songwriter. I mean, I it's just something I like to do. Um, I can think of a lot of records that have kind of influenced me like that, and Kansas is one of them. Uh, yes, his nine hundred one two five record is 
it's full of just, you know, twists and turns and real cool things happen, you know, vocally. And then, you know, from a technical standpoint, the reverb will just cut out and everything's dry, just dry as a bone. Then the next section is real wet and lush and it sounds like it's being played in a canyon. I mean, I love that. I just love that kind of stuff. Mm. You know, so I, you know, I try to replicate that. Like you'll hear a lot of that in the song Time Machine. What are the plans right now? I mean, you know, we always are interested in that and we get different answers because COVID really uh, closed touring down for a while. And um, what are your plans as far as um, uh, as far as promoting this album? Is Are, there, are we going to see some concerts or what do you what do you see in the future here? We're kind of in a wait and see mode right now. <clears throat> OK, um, I'm, I'm sure hoping that opportunity comes along. You know, it's if the record gets to the point where it warrants a tour, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Or even if it's not a tour, just doing one-offs. Uh, a lot of bands are doing one-offs um, as much as they're touring. Mm. Um, there's not as much of the two-month, you know, being out on the road for two months anymore as there used to be. Yeah, a lot of guys will go out on a Thursday and come back on a Sunday and do you know two or three shows, which is what kind of what I'm doing right now. But if the war- if the record warrants a tour, man, I'm there. Sure. Yeah. Well, we are too. <laughs> yeah. We will be there for sure. Where are you guys at, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, we're in two we're two different places. I'm in Pennsylvania. He's in Indiana. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, wherever, whenever you're you're around, we'll definitely go. We'll be in the front row. You'll find one of us. That would be. I I really think that would be such an awesome awesome concert uh and and heavily centered around the new album yeah absolutely i appreciate that guys i look forward to meeting you sometime sure well we want to thank you for having for coming on but before we go there's one question i have this is the wild man's on the spot question i always put an artist on the spot if john schlitt has talked to you since he was on the show maybe he mentioned it to you maybe he didn't (laughs) i don't know um, but I always put every every guest on the spot. So here you go. I can't, I can't plead the fifth. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the contract. Didn't didn't they give that to you yet? Um, All right, fire away. All right. So here it is. Dead or alive does not matter throughout history. Okay. John Elefante's on stage. You can only choose one artist to be up there with you. Who are you choosing? Oh boy. Paul McCartney. Oh, 
Why? Why is that? Have you seen the new the, the new special that they just put out? Yeah, yes. the three episodes. Right. Yeah. Is that guy talented or what? Yes. I mean, he's singing. He's sitting at the piano. I think he was starting to write "Long and Winding Road" or something. And I mean, you know, he's he's such a great. He's a melody maker, man. And I did not realize that or to that extent until I watched that with my son, who's, who's a huge Beatles fan. Um, yeah, I, that you, you're right. That's extraordinary. I yeah. would, yeah, I would say it would have to be McCartney and secondly, probably Carrie Lucan. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't give two though. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We've learned that artists are used to breaking some of the rules. So we, we can, <laughs> that. that's fine. Um, but yeah, I, so ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first on the Wild Man and Steve show that uh, we're going to see a John Elefante, Paul McCartney album next. That's going to be. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll produce yeah. it for you, Steve, and I'll produce it for you. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's what you want. <laughs> the, the, the closest I'll ever get to that is a real good friend of mine. His son is um, Ryan Tedder, who's in One Republic. And he oh. just he just uh, a couple of years ago produced a McCartney record. Oh, okay. Wow. Wow. So I'm looking forward to talking to him about what that experience was like. Yeah. Yeah. So see, hey, it, it still may be there. Still may be in the cards. You know, you <laughs> on stage with McCartney. There we go. Oh, oh I got I got one more. Ooh. And you're and this this one's out of left field. I'd have to say as a as a third person, I'd have to go with Jeff Lynn. ELO. Hmm. Oh tell, yeah. Tell tell us a little bit there. What what's what's the thought there? Oh gosh, he's such a genius. Just, I mean, if you listen to the, if listen to ELO and then what he did with Roy Orbison, what he did with Tom Petty, what he did with George Harrison, what he did with McCartney. I mean, the, the guy is so brilliant. It's amazing. He's, if you really dig into his whole project of works, mm. he's just absolutely phenomenal. Cool. And, and, and from a sonic point of view too, what he does sonically, I mean, he really knows every aspect of being a recording artist singer songwriter i mean everything anyway didn't mean to stretch that one out too long but that that was a that was a good question i liked it good that's that's more compliment than i ever get from steve so i appreciate that i was getting ready to say just think about that wow man we got it on on record here somebody actually liked something that you did that was uh (laughs) well we want to thank you for taking the time and uh, coming on the show and uh, we really appreciate you being here such an honor to interview John Elefante. The man has accomplished so much as an artist and a producer, and yet he was willing to talk to us and to tell us about his life, his his career, his experience, and about his latest work, The Amazing Grace. What an incredible title of an album that is, The Amazing Grace. It is a message that is, that is what Christianity is all about. 
As John's life explains, it was the grace of God that many need to know about and hear. Serving Jesus truly is amazing. We hope you can share that as well. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we will see you next time. The Wild Man and Steve Show is now partnering with New Release Today. Find out more about them at newreleasetoday.com. And don't forget to check out our website, where you can also leave us a review at wildmanandsteve.com. That's like rock and roll to me.